Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the bull, the bear, and my brother's chair, Nathan. It is the season two season finale. Season finale. Oh, nice. And that is uh, because of the success of this podcast. You just heard the soundboard that was purchased this year. I think we spent 400 large on that thing. Yes. 400 American dollars. Oh, oh, ooh, that's a nice See one, too. that one? Huh? We haven't figured out how to work the other no. six sounds on there. They but. should be labeled, and they're not. <laughs> that's because somebody that knows how to use them uses it right. instead of us. I don't think we're supposed to touch it. Yeah. Cool. Well, who's our who's our guest today on season finale? Well, it's kind of a tradition. This is only the second season. So it's now a tradition. Our season finale always features Mr. Charles Lucius, I know the that chairman, guy. our father. I know that guy. So Chuck is in studio. And he will be on the podcast. And Chuck, uh, for those of you who don't know him, he is the uh, founder and him and Tammy Lucius founded Gradient uh, Financial Group back in 2005. So our company is a, well, we celebrated our 15 year, not celebrated so 16 during Rona. So we're, we're hitting 16 years. Right now. Yeah, in yep. fact, we yep. are 16, 16 years. 16 years. Cool. So yeah, we've... Uh, had a good run. We're about uh, what, 300 employees or so now. Roughly 300, yeah. So it's uh, it's been a good, fun, uh, fun, fun time over the last few years. A lot of people ask, you know, obviously I work with Nate, my brother, uh, Chuck. We have other family members and close people in the building. And people will, you know, you'll talk to some people and they'll say, man, how do you work with your family? And I say, it's I brutal. have no idea. <laughs> it's really, uh, really not that bad, though. It's been it's been a, a blessing for us. So it's been fun. But anyway, Chuck has, uh, for those of you that know him or don't know him, he has taught a lot of people about a lot of things. He's true. a mentor to many, uh, ourselves included. <clears throat> so I'm sure he'll have some words of wisdom for the group today. Yeah, we're going to talk uh, when he's on a little about uh, he is, I would say, the ultimate um, consumer in the economy. <laughs> So we're going to talk about job. everything from, uh, you know, just consumers spending, what, what consumers are thinking out there today. Talk a little business, uh, talk a little hockey as well. And some of Chaz and Cruz, our little brothers and kind of what they've got going on right now, which is exciting. Yeah. So we've got a variety of topics and as you know, uh, you can't give him a script. No. Nope. And he doesn't stay on script even if you did. So nope. we'll see where it goes. Perfect. Perfect. Well, let's start off then before he comes on. Instead of just bullish and bearish, let's just be bullish on these things. And let's talk about some lessons that he has taught us over the years. Lessons from the chairman. Lessons from the chairman. And I'll go first. And when I was, this one's on sales. And when I was 22 years old, I came down to Topeka, Kansas to start doing what we're, you know, what we do now today. And it was on the phones and I'm a firm believer that everybody should spend a year or two of their lives either cold calling or door knocking. I think you learn a lot about yourself doing that, but I was cold calling. And when you think about sales, you know, in your mind, you think it's the pitch, you know, it's the, I have the greatest thing and let me tell you all about it. And one of the things that he is best at is, is not, you're not selling your product or your wares. I mean, obviously you are, what you're really doing is looking to see if your product actually has a fit for the buyer and really you're letting them purchase it instead of you selling it. And so, you know, a lot of people that are, are salespeople get caught up and excited and they love the love sales itself, but you get caught up in the pitch when his real art form, the thing that he always taught me was how to ask proper questions 
to kind of walk the person down the path to your product being the answer instead of just, you know, what he, what he calls throwing up on them and telling them everything about it. So if you've ever had a chance to, to listen to him or talk to him, when he's talking to you, he's asking a lot of questions and he really, he's, he's generally, you know, leading you down the path to formulate your own thought, which is kind of where he's just steering you to. So it's always been an art form that I've appreciated that he has taught me. I would agree. Um, one thing that he's always uh, done since we've been little, I'll throw one out there is negotiating. That's true. <laughs> he's, um, I would say, probably certainly in what I've witnessed, probably the best negotiator that I've seen. And he's had practice over the years, over the last 50 years. He's negotiated a lot of things. Could be a $2,000 boat. (laughs) Could be a something a lot more substantial than that. So his negotiating thing is always, you know, let's say something's a hundred dollars and he's never afraid to offer low. Let's let's start there. That's true. And, and one of the things he's taught me is like, if you get offended by somebody's offer, you don't do it, right? So if you have something for sale for $100 and someone offers you 50, the answer can be no. <laughs> but don't be like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that." And can't like, no, the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Or if they offer you 80, okay, now we're getting in the ballpark, right? Mm-hmm. My thing's 100, my boat I'm selling is 100 bucks. They offer you 80, then you think about it, "All right, I got to get to 90 or maybe 95." So his whole thing is always, whatever you do, just be prepared. They're going to split the split, right? So <laughs> split the split you go back and you're like, well, if I come back and say, Brian, I won't sell it to you for a hundred, I'll sell it to you for 90. And they offered you 80, where are they going to end up? They're going to end up at uh, 85. 85. That's <laughs> right. So they'll end up at 85. So you're like, I don't want to sell the thing for 85. So, you know, depending upon how bad you want to sell it and how bad they want to buy it, the answer is like, no, it's a hundred. So we got to get them to 90, right? If we want to get to 95. So anyway, it's not something you can, it's learned over time. And the other thing he's always taught is, you know, don't, don't be afraid to walk away. Like don't get, don't fall in love with something so much that you can't just walk away from it. That is very true. So those are things that I think, uh, you know, will have certainly helped me over time. Splitting the split is a classic. That's his classic. I've seen him do it on the buy side and the sell side. Yep. So you start, like if he wants to buy it at 80, well, you can't start at 80. You got to start at 65. (laughs) And then the answer could be no, but you got to be ready to split the split. That's true. Um, What's another one? Give me another one. Um, I will go with... um, when you start something, okay, when you're starting a business or you're starting whatever, a club, a, a something, is that his philosophy is always that people are really good at editing and making something better. There's not a lot of people that are good at starting something from zero, mm-hmm. right? You got a piece of paper and a pencil and you're like, we're going to build a business. So his thing is you got to find people certain people, not a lot, but some people that are good at starting things mm-hmm. because most of the world, and again, those people that are good at starting things generally aren't very good at refining and details and all of that. So you got to start something, get it going. And then once it's, you know, you're building a house, once it, you know, if you, if my wife or maybe your wife's good at building houses, no. I don't know. No. But you walk up to a piece of land with a 600 square foot 200 year old house and they're like, oh, this is terrible. It's like, no, this could be great. And so him like visualizing, here's what it could be and painting the picture of this is what it could be. So you build the house, you get the frame going, someone can walk inside of it and go, oh yeah, this is where the kitchen goes and this is where the bathroom, we should do this and we should put these cabinets and do this. Mm -hmm. People are good at that. So you got to surround yourself with one or two or however big your organization is 
some people that can start, but then find the right people that can edit and make it way better for the last 20%. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So that's yeah. something that, you know, a lot of people get in a business. They have all the same personalities working. And that's something here over the years that we've hired an incredible amount of talented people over the last five years that can frankly do things that I wouldn't have even thought of. For sure. And that's like, wow, this, you know, our podcast being one of them, we're like, hey, let's build a podcast. Yeah. And all of a sudden you got ideas and you got all this stuff going like, wow, this is better than I thought it ever could be. And all we started with was, let's do a podcast. Yeah. And then other people made it way better than we ever could have. That's correct. So <clears throat> the other one, you know, along those same lines is, is, you know, you don't need to plan everything the last detail, just move it forward and refine along the way. Something started and moving is better than something that is going to be perfect, never perfect on paper and never gets off the ground. You also lose time when you're doing that. You lose the ability to launch things when you're doing that. You, you know, to, to his point, paint the vision. If everybody's on the vision, shove it forward and then refine as you go, knowing that it's never going to be perfect its first time, but it's not going to be perfect if you planned it for another six months either. Right. So he is a big fan of moving forward. Forward progress is always good. You know, the other one that he, uh, I remember he said it to me one time years ago <clears throat> is he had a, he had a vision of doing something and people were saying, I don't think it'll work because of this. I don't think it'll work because of that. And his quote was, I can find a thousand people to tell me why it won't work. I'm looking for somebody who'll tell me why it can. And I remember one time we were in Rome and we were in the Sistine Chapel and I was with a group of about 25 people at night and it's quiet in there. And the Sistine Chapel is one of the, you know, by most people's arguments, the one of the prettiest artworks in the world. And one of the first questions, we were in there for about 10 minutes, and somebody looked up and said, what's that crack right there, right? I mean, it's this big structure, and somebody points out this crack. And when we left, he said, you know what's funny? He said, you can be in this thing that's perfect, right? Nothing wrong with it. And what was the first thing they noticed? What's wrong with what this? What was wrong <laughs> yep. with it? And it wasn't, you know, anybody's fault. It was a valid question and all that, but that is a, a good lesson is people are quick to point out faults not how great things are. So don't be negative, just move it forward. And if something's not quite right, fix it and keep going. Yep, I would say that's uh, that's a good one. One of my favorite quotes from Chairman when we're talking about buying and selling things, whenever you, know, you go and look at something and well, how much is that? Well, it's you know, $2,000. What's his general response? Seems high. Seems high. That's what, <laughs> even if it, it, cars or whatever, he's like, oh, that seems high. And you just kind of sit there and let the other person respond. So if you, if when in doubt, use the term seems high and you'll be in a better spot. <laughs> the the last one I'll, I'll give you on my end is, you know, his other thing is you're only one person. And he talks a lot about, you know, moving from income builder to business builder. <clears throat> and not that, you know, for those of you that own your own businesses, when you start, you're doing everything. You have to do it. You're, you are the income builder. You're the janitor. You're the coffee maker. You're the whole deal. But as you get going... You have to invest in other people who are better at it than what you are, like you're talking about. And if you, if you, there's a saying that, that he says, I, I don't like to, don't like this thought process, but it's, if it's to be, it's up to me of like, you're the only one who can do it. Right. If you're the only one who can do things, your business, your life, your whatever can only get so big and so great. You have to have other people help you along the way. Yeah. See, that's a good summary, and so we'll uh, we'll see what he has to say today. Good. Well, we'll have to start working on season three pretty soon, so we yep. certainly appreciate all the listenership that we've had. 
this year. Appreciate all the comments on social media and those of you who have reached out and participated in uh, participated in some of the uh, t-shirt giveaways that we've done. But you, people did have to listen to the end of some of those podcasts. Yes, together. that's so. right. <laughs> We've got some good listeners already lined up for next season. Or yeah. some good, uh, excuse me, some good guests right. and some good listeners. Should, <laughs> Should be millions. fun. All right. Well, I'll get out of here. You take Chuck this season. All right. All right. Welcome our guest today. We have the one and only Mr. Chuck Lucius, my father, also known as the chairman. Chairman, good morning. Well, good morning, Nate. How are you today? I'm doing well. And you? Well, very well, very well. Back from the lake, I yeah. am. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that in a bit when we talk about building things and kind of, we'll work our way into that. How's that sound? That sounds good. Good. So our, our topic today uh, is going to be kind of wide ranging and we're going to talk about building a business and building things in general. We're going to talk a little bit about the economy and kind of what's going on out there and what you see from a, from a user perspective. Does that sound fair? Okay. All right, so the first thing we should start with is the economy. All righty. You are, a, uh, let's say, a consumer in the economy. Is that true? I am an excellent consumer in the economy. Yes. Main- I am an excellent shopper in the economy. Yes. What do you see? Let's not talk about stock market or any of that right no, now. But no, What do you see when you're driving around throughout Minnesota, Michigan, wherever you, what do you see out there? What's happening? Well, I, I think the first uh, thing that, that that I see is is anything that's in the United States where people can stay home, home meaning in your state, in your right. in in the country, in uh, uh, in the area, and that has a family orientation that is somewhat alone, if you will, right. uh, I think is just absolutely booming. And there's a lot of that. So there's been a, in my belief, a, a huge resurgence in America yeah. uh, brought about by the coronavirus. It's a, a, to me, a, a, a side benefit of coronavirus, but a, but a huge one. Right. So I bought a cabin up in uh, uh, Northern Minnesota up about uh, by the Boundary Waters, by Ely and right. uh, International Falls, a log cabin. I think I grossly overpaid for it. <laughs> it's small. And you bought it in 2020. I bought it in 2020. I bought it in the fall of 2020 at what I thought could possibly, I might have bought, bought at you the might, peak. You might have got her at the, the high point. <clears throat> Right. You thought. And as I as I did that and uh, we started really looking at it as a log cabin, I didn't know that much about log cabins. I do know quite a bit now. Right. And uh, this is about uh, a thousand square feet, 1200 square feet on one floor in a loft. It's it's a little yep. two bedroom, one bath deal. But it it uh, log cabins settle. Okay. I did not know that. News to me as well. And uh, they need jacks and things like that in them. And mine didn't have any okay. So at that time. So through the winter, I uh, uh, have placed a, a, my checkbook and I have placed a lot of love into this place. Okay. And I was very fortunate to find a contractor. So let me start with that. Yes. Contractors are very tough to find. You have to pay, you have gaps. And you're not in a bidding process with them. You're just damn glad to have one. That's right. 
I'm familiar with that concept. So I found Ron to do my cabin and the plumbing and all of that, and we squared it up and jacked it up and put new new walls in and new this and new that. But it still has the original log frame, so that that got pretty well. Then in buying things for it, the internal stuff, whether it be plumbing or anything, you don't really get to price that very much either. Uh, you pay for that, and you're darn glad to get it. And a lot of the stuff is tough to get delivered, so it stretches the project out. Right. Then around that lake cabin, you need things like boats. Boats are uh, up in uh, northern Minnesota, Minnesota in general. The fishing boat is called the Lund is yes. the brand name for that. You can't buy a new one. Right. Uh, if you can, it'll be uh, something, an odd color, an odd this, an odd that, but they aren't very much. Or the super-duper elite version of it, that's 20000 bucks more than the next version yeah. down. But boats are hard to find, and when you go to used boats, it's a premium price. Seller's market, so you're going to pay through the nose. So what that tells me is, is that as people uh, continue to do these things, buy, buy an automobile as an example, around here all the car lots are all sold out. Car Used cars are astronomical in price. So what that says to me is, is we're going to have inflation. Yes. Uh, I don't need a survey from the federal <laughs> government to tell me that things are much higher priced. I stop at the way to the lake and uh, I have lunch and I could have lunch at McDonald's, about $13. Okay. Uh, advertising sign in the window of it saying, now hiring $16 an hour, and it is in the middle of nowhere. Right, northern Minnesota. Northern Minnesota. I mean, this is not a, a major population, and they can't fill it. You go out to eat somewhere, and you might not be able to be uh, eat at a place that's a chain restaurant even because they can't get servers there. That's right. So <clears throat> anyway, uh, things are much more expensive. Inflation is really going. So my advice to people is go ahead and clean out those closets of the old boats and the old cars and all of that stuff. And if you ever wanted to make it into cash, now is the now's time. Now's the time. But... If you, may, if you just want to make it into cash and then go buy another one, you're going to have a losing proposition. <laughs> so idea. hang on to what you so got. So if you're in the retirement phase and downsizing, now might be a good time. That, uh, it would be good, and especially if you're buying smaller. Now you're going to get a premium price for your big house. Yep. You're probably going to buy a smaller house, and you're going to pay a premium price for that. But in, in perspective, uh, uh, you've got some extra money to right. go with. Right. The nice thing for retired people is is that they're not in the economy buying a new fishing boat every day and yes. all of that. Most of the people that are in retirement have a lot of the stuff that they need, and rather than buy a new pickup truck every year, yep. they'll go to three, four, five years, which brings me to another point is, is things last a lot longer than they used to. Yes. When I was younger, if a car had 50,000 miles on it, you were new engine time. You know, and that was, uh, uh, so I'm 73, so my prime is the muscle car years, the 64, 5, 6. That was when I was in high school. GTO, to name it, if I yes, could. Yes, you, you just, well, just quickly, you just sold a uh, an automobile. I is that sold correct? a 66 Cadillac. 
I, I was uh, a counter to the economy. I was just darn glad to get rid of it. I wouldn't say that one fell in the uh, uh, collector high-end It was range. not. It was not. It was an old car, but not a classic car. Yes. There's a, uh, there's a difference between an old car and a classic car, there if is, we do know that. There is, yes. This one would have taken a great deal of love. Uh, if you were driving by it at, say, 500 feet, it looked pretty darn good. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a 500 footer. Yes. But, uh, but and, anyway. And, and that one probably has a ceiling to it, regardless of how much money you pour into it. It's not going to appreciate. The people that buy those, they actually know what they're buying and how much money they're going to have to dump into it. Right. So. so you talked inflation, mm-hmm. right? And we're starting to see the early signs of inflation. Okay. Do you believe, and we haven't hired consultants. What are the signs that you've seen uh, uh, for early inflation? Some of the numbers that have come out recently are showing that the big inflation number, not specific to category, I can't speak to category by category, but they're starting to see the general inflation numbers are creeping up a bit. Mm -hmm. And we didn't hire a consultant to to do that. We just, we kind of see that, right? Yeah, right. So in your opinion, what is, you talked about spending, people are spending more money. But there's lots of stimulus that's gone on, as you're aware mm-hmm. of. Do you believe that that inflation is because of stimulus? There's more money in the economy chasing the same amount of goods, or there's less goods, or what, what do you think inflation is attributable to? Well, the answer to that is yes. Yes. <laughs> yes on both counts. Um, I think what you have is uh, you have a shortage of goods, and that stems from a uh, a chain reaction of uh, countries not producing uh, pieces, yes. not necessarily the whole product like an automobile, but the computer chips going into it. There are no cars for sale right now. Right. A new car lot, I just uh, uh, went by, I have a friend that owns a, a Jeep dealership, a Chrysler Jeep. They have 24 new cars on their lot and it is a big place. Their used cars go at, at a premium. And I said, well, why, you know, why can't they produce get cars? More. Get just, just get more. They can't. They can't get chips for them, evidently. Yeah. So, so there is a shortage of new products, new boats. Uh, the, the economy would, in my opinion, would just blast through the roof if they could get the stuff. The pent up demand for buying this, uh, buying, and people are willing to pay for it because they they feel like they have no choice, and that's going to stay. Uh, uh, through the foreseeable future. Yeah. If you want a wet jet or a uh, jet ski, uh, jet watercraft, ski watercraft yeah. a personal watercraft, no, I date myself as a wet jet. Wet but, jet. but anyway, those things is, is if you want one, you should order one for next year. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you're not going to get one. I have a neighbor, as you know, <clears throat> that owns a Sea-Doo uh, dealer. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, I said, how's business? He said, it's fantastic. He said, but... It's not as enjoyable because, and you know, we've looked at, right. I've probably been in a thousand RV and CDU dealerships with you over my career. And uh, the fun part about it, or car deal, is you walk in, mm-hmm. kind of know what you're looking for, but you get to walk around and kick the tires and, you know, this one's there, blue and this I one's can green. Tell you, I can tell you on those, there are no tires That's to what kick. I mean. And so, so his point was, it's not as fun to own that dealership, even though Correct. sales are great mm-hmm. because it's a logistics business. It's not a, 
the, pleasure the business sale, right the now. The sales are great, but they would be much greater if you had it. I stopped on the way back. Um, uh, I have a friend of mine that owns a Kubota dealership, yep. and uh, all of these, by the way, are not paid advertising. They're just <laughs> examples that I'm using. We but, are looking for paid advertising. Yeah, now, yeah, if yeah paid advertising is a good idea. But so anyhow, uh, Kubota dealership, they'd sell way more skid steers if they could get them, but they can't. Right. They'd sell way more, uh, believe it or not, they have no four-wheelers in there, and uh, and uh, so they're a dealer for four-wheelers. They have snowmobiles on the floor right now. Yeah. And just, I said, what, how come you put those out? So because they're left over from last year, but they're not even left over. They're used ones we yeah. took in. You got so They sold them all last year you because be able to look at something snowmobiles were the same. The airplane industry for private aircraft is... Uh, uh, if you want to sell an airplane, now's the now's time the to time. sell it. If you want to buy one, wait till winter. Wait till winter. Yeah. Till the snow. Flies. So let's talk yep. about new businesses in this economy. All right. Over the last year, I think we've seen a ton of opportunity and new businesses that have started. I'm not even talking about the financial mm-hmm. industry; just mm-hmm. business in general. Mm-hmm. Are there any you can think of that you've experienced over the last year that is a really good idea or was started but has been um, has gotten a boost? from what we've all experienced over the last year. Newer businesses, exciting well, things you oddly, see. Oddly enough, uh, there's some that, that exist in that, uh, like restaurants as an example. Yes. Uh, those restaurants that uh, survived this whole thing uh, are uh, absolutely flourishing right now. Yes. They are going strong. And those that didn't make it, are getting purchased, and I'm going to bet they're going to be going strong. Yes. So it depends upon what your holding power was during the slowdown portion of it. Those that were creative and did a lot of take out, uh, take out and all of that. Fast food, I think, did astronomically well. I haven't read any surveys on it, but I can right. tell you Chick-fil-A didn't do bad. They did. They did okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, so so th- there's a lot of uh, businesses that are around that are going to do absolutely fantastic if people had the foresight to uh, uh, ha- have enough hay in the barn in the to, barn. to, to uh uh, to uh, go through it. They didn't have to foresee it, but they're not all hawked to the gills on things, if you will. Um, <clears throat> there are some other, uh, the investment business has been going very well, stocks and all yes. of that reflects the uh, uh, the economy. Everybody says, oh my gosh, the stock market's uh, pulling back. I don't think so. Right. Uh, it's not, uh, with all the sales and the pent up uh, demand and when the products come through, sales are gonna fly. That's right. So uh, producing, uh, the medical business has uh, done, I think, quite well in this. Yes, uh, digital. Yep. And it, it we'll just take a, an example in that, is some of the stuff got slowed down, you know, hearts and and things that were, you know, quote, elective, elective. surgery. Yep. Elective surgery. I'm going to bet that the hospitals are just booming right now, and we're, right. we're putting in more... Uh, uh, stents and more, more things. More elective heart elective, surgeries. Elective heart surgeries. Not that it's you know terribly elective. Right. Some not being, but uh, so I, I'd say overall, all the industries are going. The investment industry is doing well. Yes. You know, we have uh, uh, a uh, strategy that we've employed in in great investments called the uh, uh, buffered index, yep. which has uh, high caps, yep. much much higher than some of the other. 
products and, right. and uh, strategies that we have. Uh, but in trading that off, it has higher caps, but the uh, it's called a buffer where it absorbs a, a percentage of the loss, i.e. the first 10% right. of a loss, and then the consumer has the next, uh, unlike an annuity, which absorbs the entire bottom, but yeah. caps a little lower on it. So these alternatives, there's a lot of alternative uh, investments that have come come along that are very appealing to the consumer. And it somewhat scares them because it's new, yep. you know, it's different, or I haven't, I'm not sure if I've heard of that. So uh, that's another piece of it is, is I think we're uh, in the uh, investment business, we're more in the educational business than we have been in the past yes. uh, to tell people about and explain to them how some of these things take place. and and why they're not as uh, risky as what one might uh, why, think. Let's talk about the buffer. You mentioned sure. buffered. So the concept, just for those that don't know, the buffered concept is there's some upside cap, which mm-hmm. you mentioned, 10%, 15 So if the market does 30 mm-hmm. you don't get it all. You get half of it, mm-hmm. which is generally yeah, it's actually, okay. It's actually an index in the market. Usually it'll be tied specifically to the to S&P, something. not the general right. market and or something. the yeah. buffer... Maybe it's a 10% where mm-hmm. if, if the S&P or some index is down 15, mm-hmm. you know, you got a 10% buffer, so you're down five. Mm-hmm. So there's a, an upside and a downside. Why do you feel like products, and, and those products could be ETFs, they could be UITs, they could be notes. There's a bunch mm-hmm. of annuities, the variable. There's a lot of ways to get it done. Mm-hmm. Why do you think today that consumers and advisors are looking at those more than they have in the past? Well, I think it's easy to give lip service to say that the market is going up and yep. it will continue to go up. And then people look at it and say, yeah, yeah could. It, may, it could go up. Yeah, it could go up. And if it does, I, wa- I, 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 I want to enjoy a portion of it, but I don't want to bet the whole farm yep. on it because uh, it could go back down. And it's not unlikely in, in the, when the market, uh, quote, corrects, it, it'll move five percent down in a day yes you know which is it seems crazy but that's the way it is so having a 10 percent or a 15 percent or whatever a 20 percent buffer is another is is a way to protect and uh, for these small ups and downs but really on those particular strategies it only matters at the day that of the expiration date of that particular Right piece. It's kind of like a, in the annuity world, it's like an annual reset. Exactly. It really only matters on that one day. Yep. Point to point. A point to point. Yep. yep. So anyway, they're they're just different ways of looking at things. Um, uh, taxation is another another <laughs> thing that uh, um, you know the uh, uh, there, there's a lot of programs out that uh, have. Uh, helped spur inflation, if you will, and really caused a lot of the issues where we can't, where businesses can't fulfill to the consumer at this point in time. And when you're subsidizing unemployment as they did, and which was a good thing for a while, but it is, in my mind, is absolutely not necessary at this point in time. It just causes problems. And uh, uh, when you can have a, a, be on the lower lower spectrum of, of jobs, yep. you know, lower pay, and you could make more money sitting at home doing nothing than you can working. 
problem. I mean, I, I, it's a problem. Yeah. I would sit at home doing nothing. We, we were in, uh, we had our, I think we mentioned it in the past show, but we had a retirement dinner for Wayne. You were yes. there. Uh-huh. Uh, we were in a restaurant in a pretty busy area. We had a little room for probably 20 of us. Mm-hmm. And the entire restaurant on the first floor, they had a rooftop patio, which was busy. Mm-hmm. The entire restaurant, probably 30 tables. There was nobody in there when we were there. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Zero people. And I asked the manager, I said, what, why, are there, why, why, why are the only people on this floor? And he said, we closed this floor because we don't have staff for it. Right. Period. Right. So if you want to go to the rooftop and drink beer and do whatever, great. Uh-huh. But we cannot have dedicated servers for tables yeah, down and that, that is such a sad statement when people, yeah. you know, su- supposedly can't find jobs. You know they can. Everybody's hiring right now. Heck, in, in uh, Gradient, all of our companies... We're, I mean, we're looking to hire. We're looking to hire in almost every company, yeah. uh, if not every company. That's right. And it's tough to find people. Yeah. Um, which brings kind of another point along too is is that uh, the workforce has uh, uh, changed. It has changed. Well, in my mind, uh, you know, they're. Uh, um, I would call it, I mean, my terminology, and you can strike this if you don't care for it, is, is, is more demanding. They want to, they want to, they demand to be able to work from home. They demand to do, uh, have uh, more time off. Yep. They demand to, yep. uh, it's just, uh, it's, I, I would call it as, I, it seems like a strong word, but I would call it that. Yep. So the employers then have to change their ways as Correct. we have and uh, uh, can't be quite as demanding. So we'll see how this whole thing plays out with the working at home and all of that. I know we've gone to uh, uh, sort of split split shifts, half, half, you know, some days in and some days home. And, and it's, I'm, I'm going to say that's probably a long-term solution to this whole thing because before we didn't have IP phones, yep. and we didn't have video, uh, conferencing. The video conferencing and internet tracking and all of that. Yeah. So the the need to have face-to-face uh, uh, in the office and also with consumers is really not as great. There's substitutes that, that are working better and better every right. day. Right. And in fact, I'm, I pretty much like... Uh, the, the Zoom conferences right. because they get to the point and they're shorter and there's a lot less fluff and yeah. muff. I mean, the, everybody's you think about over prepared. the last year, how many uh, industry things that were invited to that are generally two or three days mm-hmm. that are now accomplished in two or three hours? Uh, I, I, it's a big I, number, I, let me tell you. I actually prefer that. I hope that those meetings don't take off again. Yeah, I, You know, that where you go... You have a two-hour meeting, and then you have socialization right. Ride for, horses. Two, for two days. You ride horses or ride chickens <laughs> or do whatever and uh, yeah. play golf, which I don't. Yep. Uh, but uh, but anyway, uh, so so I do think the world is changing. I, I do think that uh, actually we could, re, you know, if it's politically okay, we could uh, just turn down going to them and just ask to be tuned in for the yep. – three hours of, in my terminology, meat and potatoes. Right. So the rest of it is we right. wish everybody the best on their horseback. So I think, you know, let's transition a little bit to more mm-hmm. personal. So you mentioned <clears throat> Zoom and all of those. Last mm-hmm. year, um, you spent a great deal of your time in Michigan. Is that correct? 
Motown is the way I Motown. would uh, Motown. T- tell us what were you? Why were you in Michigan? Well, uh, uh, both Chaz and Cruz, my two younger boys, yep. who are now seventeen and eighteen, uh, were playing for the uh, uh, Team USA, the United States, in in uh, World Juniors hockey. In yep. hockey, right? And last year, uh, Cruz, the younger one, was uh, there. Chaz had uh, some. Uh, a knee injury and had some surgery on that recovery. So he was in Minneapolis. So uh, I spent the majority of the winter in Mm -hmm. uh, Detroit and I felt uh, very in touch. I mean, I attended all the Zoom calls and uh, I got... I might not know how to run computers too well, but I can run Zoom if I get if <laughs> get I get an right invitation link. and I get the right length on it. And I thought they were excellent. Yeah. Uh, I had an office set up there, and mm-hmm. it was uh, it was just great. And you would generally consider yourself kind of old school in the in the business world prior to the last year. Is that a fair statement? Well, that's a harsh way well, to put I, it. Well, we but might have yes, to edit that. But yes, maybe. I, Yes, I would. Yes. Uh, However, no, I'm as, uh, you know, I'm 73. Yeah. I'm as old school as right. it gets. I mean, we used to start, I mean, not that long ago, we'd have training from 730 to 8 mm-hmm. or 830. Mm-hmm. And then we'd be here till 5, 530. Like that was your work day, right? Mm-hmm. If you weren't in your desk from 730 to 530, mm-hmm. you were on vacation. One of, one of the observations I have on that is, is, is the um, I didn't really realize until I really started looking, because since I don't really have a job, I can really look <laughs> around at things. Yep. There in, in the office setting, there is a great deal of socialization, Yes, which is uh, wasting of time, kind of. Right. What it does do, though, is, is it breeds culture and camaraderie right. and conversation and all of that stuff. So that's why some of that is very good. And that's why I think we've landed on a pretty good uh, uh, compromise in there. Is And and, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe we have one day where most people are in, as an example, over in Next Tech. Yes. And that's kind of, I I call it conclave day. Yes. That's when all the ideas and the meetings and all of that are are held. And then people can work from workstations and fill out their day. And that's where you achieve your cultural ties and your camaraderie and your sort of your mission and your marching orders and all of those things. And it's a fun day. Then for the next four days, uh, one half of the people come in for two days and uh, sort of finish that and the other half come in for two days. It's kind of a half. So it's a half half and half. But I do like, I do like the concept of having one of the days where it's a conclaving day. So everybody stays on the same page. Because uh, if they're at home all the time, they sort of, uh, I think people drift off a bit. I would agree with you. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. And I think to, to the people, to his point, if you're not doing things like that, if you're not changing your work environment, mm-hmm. if you're not changing with the time, so to speak, mm-hmm. I think you might keep the people you have, maybe, but mm-hmm. you're not going to get new people or, or talented people mm-hmm. in a lot of cases that are looking for some of that flexibility. There, there are some super talented people that if you say you're in the office from seven to five every day, it's not going to be an option. Right. Uh, the other th- piece of that is, is that so many, there's so many dual income families now. Yes. And I mean, you've got kids getting sick and you got, yep. uh, you've got kids and you've got 
life is happening. Yep. So really, honestly, you do need a, a little bit of time and, you know, right. to vacation, it, it, you know, it's just, it's bulky. Need, yes. So if you can work it in and stretch your, your lunch hour a little bit longer, uh, and, and I'm not suggesting, yeah, you, you get them, get them to the dentist and get back. Yes. And then they, you stretch your day into the evening. So I, you know, yep. people's days are a little bit longer. And with the technology today, we know when they're on the phone and when they're available, right. and when they're on the computer and when they're not. Yep. So if it gets to be abusive, you know, yeah. you can, you can call, uh, uh, call it if no you want. question yeah. you need systems to support it that's 100 yeah and so without the technology without technology today that's why technology is not you know it's not a breaking news here it's no a, it's not a passing fad you know it's, it's gonna <laughs> unfortunately it's gonna be hanging and and, and i like that uh you know, on a, on a side note, uh, I've been up at my lake cabin, and I don't have really very good Wi-Fi up there, yeah. and, and it's it's horrendous. You don't have any Wi-Fi. You don't have cable. You can't get I, anything. I can get whatever you get when you on your phone, and it goes over the air through the towers. Yep. As uh, but I get like one little bitty bar. Yes. And I have to be just positioned just right just to get correct. anything. <laughs> And uh, so anyhow, it's a mess. So so I was shopping on the internet technology yeah. again. And so I come across the the latest and greatest. Okay. Now, whether it's, it is the latest, I don't know if it'll be the greatest, we'll but it's Elon Musk's new Starlink. Yes. Where they're launching all of these satellites and, uh, you know, not without the, attention of many astronomers and everybody but yes. uh anyhow it supposedly is going to give you wi-fi uh not as fast as in the city but pretty darn fast and whereby you can get tv through the internet yep. and all of these things so i purchased one of those and you don't you don't get an installer to put it in yeah you you open it up and you just set it out and it finds itself, yes. And it does everything. And do you know what the the uh, uh, directions are on it? Uh, plug it in. <laughs> it's 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 a piece of the packing paper, okay. and it just is a diagram of what you do. Yeah. With about five notes on it. Yep. And then you bring it up on your phone as soon as you do that, and then you use it to connect to the internet. Yep. And then it carries you through the manual, and you just do it yourself. Well, I don't. I don't feel like any of us would be upset if the local cable internet providers were disrupted a little bit. You know, you, you got yeah. like one cable or internet provider in your mm -hmm. area, and kind of like you talked about earlier, price. Yeah. You just kind of pay what you pay. So things like that. Yeah. Probably are a good. Yeah. Uh, you know what their advertisement is? What? Uh, it's in beta. It's in beta yep. test. Their their advertisement is better than nothing. That's isn't that isn't that <laughs> something? Great. It and, sets and, the expectations. And I was it, it hit me right between the eyes because <laughs> I virtually have nothing up there. Yep. That's uh, good. Yeah, I mean it's out in the middle of the woods. So, so. quickly mm -hmm. to close this, mm -hmm. you talked earlier about you're in Michigan with Chaz and Cruz, yep. and my little brothers. Um, yeah, and. Um, they have, they're both committed to the University of Minnesota. Yes, they to are. To play hockey. Uh-huh. 
Uh, what's coming up here in July for Chaz, who's the 18-year-old, the older one? Well, uh, prior to that, uh, just uh, yeah. uh, is the uh, the uh, it's called the IIHF Worlds, yep. the Under 20 Worlds, which is the most uh, uh, watched uh, hockey on TV yes. is coming up. So there's a showcase coming up on the 23rd through the. Uh, eighth, which is the tryouts for the worlds, which is right after Christmas. So he's in those, he's one of 44 people and one of, uh, one of the younger ones to have, have an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean he'll make the team, but, uh, you know, we, we hope you got to make it to the tryout to make the team. So he's he's got step one going and while he's there, which is on the uh, 23rd, the, uh, uh, NHL National Hockey League uh, draft takes place. So he'll be out there in this practice and he should be in the first round. All the yep. indications are that he's uh, in the first round, uh, which is on the 23rd yep. for the NHL draft. Yep. So all of that looks, uh, uh, looks good. So that's very exciting. And then after that, uh, 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 I go back to uh, Michigan. Michigan for the last year for uh, uh, Cruz out there. Yep. And, one uh, more year. Yeah, he has one more year, and then he'll go to the University of Minnesota after yep. that. So, so it's uh, it's pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. So, we for have. our millions and millions of listeners out there, they mm-hmm. can tune in to the NHL draft on July Friday, July twenty third. Yes. And hopefully hear Chaz's name called there yes. somewhere in the first round. Mm-hmm. And Exciting. actually, on the 3rd of July, he's going to be during the Stanley Cup. He's going to be interviewed on the 3rd of July on the uh, NHL channel also. So, you know, all it's of exciting. that all of that is uh, it's better than so not. It, so it will allow your job, your current job, mm-hmm. you'll be able to travel a little bit with them and mm-hmm. have this flexibility. So I, this I works will. into your work-life balance perfectly. Right, yep. And then I watch their games on the Internet. <laughs> That's right, you get Internet games. So. Right, right. Good. All right, any, any final words of advice for business owners, for people, any... Anything you've got as a last word? Uh, mine, mine would simply be that, uh, regardless of uh, uh, taxes probably rising and all of that, uh, the opportunities are uh, absolutely mind-boggling today. Uh, if you keep a positive outlook on things, I think businesses are going to flourish, and hard work still pays off. And you know, the only way you can pay more taxes is make more money. Right. And so uh, I, I do think uh, American uh, success is still on the on the horizon. I don't think that taxes can kill our spirit. I would agree with so you. So that's my, my two cents worth. Yep. So work hard and uh, keep going. Yeah. I think, the, it, I think it all pays off. Yeah. Good. Well, thank you, Chuck, for joining us on the final episode of season two. And this, as you know, he was on the final episode of season one. Yes. Season two. So if you keep doing a nice job, we got season three right around the corner. Well, I I'm, I just want to be here to be able to do that. <laughs> so thank you very much All for right. the opportunity. Thank you very much. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bye bye.